Welcome to Ria Radio, episode 30. Welcome to Ria Radio with Ryan Basri. Yeah! <laughs> You're listening to Ria Radio, the nationally trusted name in real estate investing. We dig deep to discover investors' why in real estate. If you want to skip all the BS and get in investors' heads, you're in the right spot. Be one of the thousands to check out RioRadio.com. Well, how about that a little special guest, uh, Carson Ray Kosh in the house today? Guest host. I loved it, man. I, yeah, I thought he did a good intro. I, I mean, I got to be honest. I might have a special request that he come back every time. I'm sorry. He he goes to school during no, normal days. He can't just jump on, right, Carson? I will look at my schedule. And I, I'd be happy to. He'd be happy. See that? I think uh, I think he might. You might have just created your replacement, Ted. Carson, do who you, not how? Who, who not, not how. how? Carson, do you uh, do you have a rental property that that you oversee or help with? The Carson House. The Carson House, yeah. And do you know what you got to do to be able to run that rental property? I play football. His football rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I play football because football rocks. Football rocks. This is a great intro because uh, we have Ryan Basie today, and his why is really strong with his three girls. Yes. And uh, one thing that you're going to love is one thing I, I always talk about with my son, and Carson, tell me if I'm wrong or right. Uh, but when with our we one of our goals is to do our video in front of every football stadium in in a city, right, buddy? Mm-hmm. And so we uh, we did it in front of the Minnesota Stadium. We loved it. We got the camper now, so we're gonna start doing this over the next couple of years. But we just interviewed Ryan, and one of Ryan's goals is to uh, take his daughters to see the Mets baseball in front of in in, in front of every stadium around the country. <laughs> that, that's Carson's A and W root beer. He's slurping there. <laughs> so, what do you? Uh, any thoughts on that? No. Let's go put Randy Moss style. Okay, Randy Moss. Style. Randy Moss style. <laughs> that's your man, right? We need to get your Randy Moss jersey. Hey, so uh, before we get into our our normal banter that we you and I have, um, I think that we need to bring Denless on the mic. Oh yes. So Denless, uh, pull that mic up to your mouth. Yeah, come on, and, don't be shy. And we need to we need to celebrate you, buddy. Uh, there is a big big thing that happened with you this week. Tell us. Um. Uh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so recently, I started my um my own like I registered my own LLC. And what is that? My, what is my, that called? So it's called DB Video. DB Video. What is DB Video? So DB video is um as I say it's my it's my um my video production company, but I specialize in podcasts um and like live coverages of events, um like the Ria uh meetup. Um I also did uh recently did like a, a boxing event, so that's mainly what I focus on. And you partnered with one of my good friends uh, on part of this, right? Yeah, yeah. Dave, um, Dave. I, I almost said Dave Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> he listened to a little bit of the show too much. Yeah, we, yeah. We've, we've had a few Dave, Dave Ramsey uh, uh, name drops here. Yeah, so Dave Stutzman. Um, A.K.A. Shift D or Shift Diggler. Yeah, DJ Shift D, yeah. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. so many other titles that he has. But he... 
he actually brought me that that opportunity to live stream that boxing event and yeah, yeah. so we actually made a partnership out of it where he yeah. has a Nova Productions company where he does lights and sound systems and I am now his uh live production and person. can we talk a little bit about that upcoming venture that you have coming up to with with the company that starts with a p or is that not talkable yet yeah not not talkable as yet oh man <laughs> we, i cannot wait to announce it. there is a there is something that he has in the works with somebody that is known worldwide and it will be huge. And the crazy part is when, when he told me about it, I I dropped this name and he's like, yeah. And I'm and I'm like, you know how big of a deal that is, right? And he he did not know. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't realize it was that much of a big deal until Can you, can you tell I I wish we had video on him right now because he is so uncomfortable <laughs> right now. <laughs> yes. is, I am just loving this. <laughs> Denless is so uncomfortable right now. I wasn't now. like Ted didn't brief me on like I was going to be on Oh we know. So we, we, we <laughs> plan, we've ready. been planning this for weeks. Oh uh, crap. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey, Denless, we love you. We wish you nothing but success for any endeavor you undertake. So I'm very, we're both very excited. Carson's very excited about all this, aren't you? Yes, he is. And uh, Carson, so, you got to talk because people don't know when they shrug. Yeah. So you got you guys you got to talk. It's a, it's a, very it's exciting, a radio right? show, it's right? Ex- isn't that exciting? <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> so we're all very excited for you. That's uh, that's awesome. So DB video. D- yeah, DB video. But the video is spelled V I D I O. It's um, kind of like a vlog. No, really. Well, no? that's gonna be really difficult oh, okay. to Google. <laughs> well, no, actually, well, yes, it is going to be difficult to Google. But I couldn't find the video actual video word free. Like the domain wasn't free, so yeah. Awesome. We well, okay. Stay tuned, everyone. We're gonna announce this when it's uh, official that we can, you know, tease it out there to the world. Yeah, but uh, yeah. stay tuned. This is gonna be big stuff. Yeah. It, our, and we hope Denless doesn't get too big for his britches and decide to uh, bail on Rhea Radio. We'd I would be very know, sad. Carson Pars- would be very sad. I'm making it known now. I am with DB Video for the foreseeable future. So awesome. yeah, yeah, you left your not, you left your W two job this yeah. week, and that's the big announcement that I was trying to lead to. Yeah. So yeah. congratulations on your new venture. Thank you very much, sir. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and Carson uh, actually. Um, he he sends you pictures all the time, like so. He gives you facial expressions <laughs> and thumbs up or thumbs down on on the podcast productions itself. It's right, basically Carson? live feedback on his performance. Yeah, so unvarnished. So. <laughs> yes, he's he's my accountability partner for for my uh, episode uploading. So thank you very much, Carson, for that. <laughs> Carson's really used to the mic because we do we do videos for the last four years, so he's going to just get more and more comfortable, right, buddy? He's training oh, for yeah. your job, by the way, Dennis. <laughs> No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, without any further ado, um, you know, we uh, we preluded on this a little bit in the episode, but, uh, you know, besides sitting down with me and giving me personal advice this week, has there any, been any other interesting people that you sat down with that you've inspired? Uh, well, I don't know if I've inspired anyone, but I just got back from Cancun, so I was on a uh, family spring break vacation. We went to... The beautiful uh, Playa Mujeres, mm-hmm. uh, which is north of Cancun a little bit. We were there for... Is that close to Playa de Carmen? It is. Cause I, cause I think. I think my wife yeah. and I going to the summer. Yeah. Same room and everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I talked yeah. about that. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's uh, north of Cancun, beautiful place. We didn't even leave the resort, man. It was just like they had seven restaurants. They Two had... bunnies like you probably doesn't ever leave the resort. Oh, wow. Okay. Sorry, Carson. Um, it was a family for? trip, <laughs> Ted, with Carson one likes, room. Carson likes bunnies. Okay. Well, I do. <laughs> and I like snakes, not bunnies. Okay. Oh, my wife does not like that. Uh, <laughs> Snakes eat bunnies. Yes. So um, anyway, jeez, I digress. <laughs> yeah, just got back from vacation. So no, uh, actually, uh, day before or night before last. So yeah, I haven't uh, haven't done a whole lot in the real estate space. However, I did come back to my very first fire in one of my rental properties. Ooh. So that's exciting and not a good way. Now I've had I can't tell you how many times I've talked to investors that were established and like yeah fires are good things <clears throat> as long as nobody gets injured or hurt or anything like that of course but like, as far as uh, insurance and payout wise it, it tends to be pretty positive. Yeah, we'll see um, TBD on that. I don't I don't know this this is my first time going through this so it's a little it's a little stressful to get that type of a contact. Thank God uh, the tenants are all safe. Uh, the guy actually jumped out. And grabbed a hose and hooked it up and turned it on and put out the fire. It was like an outlet or something. I'm just glad it wasn't pre-hooked up before. God, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so little weird. I haven't uh, I haven't been through this before, so I'm kind of like fact finding right now. All your properties and all these years, I know, you weird, never dealt right? with a fire. Yeah, 17 years, I've never had one of these. That's crazy. Yeah. It wasn't a bad fire, right? No, uh, he got it put out, and the the fire investigation team came, and they you know got it contained, and it was all it's it's okay. Um, did, did he have like a whole bunch of things plugged into that plug? I don't know. Mm. So we'll that's kind of like TBD, but we're 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 looking into it, trying to figure out what the best course of action is. We're probably actually going to end up selling it. So uh, yeah. So I got a story. That's for my you. week. I got a story for you. Yeah, let's hear it. So, so when I was little. There, I got out of the I got out of the shower once. Put my shoes on. I was like three years old, Carson, and I was at Grandma's house. You're a great grandma, and I took a knife and I was wet, naked, with shoes on, and I put it in the socket and burnt out that whole entire wall. Uh, <laughs> why <laughs> would you do that? Here's a little tip, Carson. Don't do that. I'll do it. Today's golden nugget. <laughs> Today's golden nugget. Don't stick what? metal in sockets, especially when you're wet. What, what are you going to say about that? Uh... <laughs> Your look is priceless right now. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, I totally did that. Yep. And I guess then? I, I guess like you know the shoes were a little little soft after that, and uh, you know explains a lot about me right now. I yeah, guess, right? it does. It energized me. Yeah, I guess <laughs> why his leg won't stop uh, going up and down the oh whole, my whole gosh. podcast. Everybody gives me such a hard time about my leg. Your <laughs> leg RLS. Is, your leg is asleep mostly half of the day. Oh, is it? Because I don't do nothing. Oh man! And on the weekends, you just sleep. All day on the couch <laughs> watching TV. Oh man! But I but you I worked out. But I work so hard during the week, Carson. That <laughs> on the weekends I I have to rest a little extra. The yeah, pod- why? <laughs> the the podcast tires him out, obviously. <laughs> what do you deal with when you put your son on live on on, on the mic? Yeah, okay. Your mic. <laughs> hey, what about the news? You got anything on the news today? So in the news, we talked about this a little bit uh, before the podcast aired, but 
So pressure from governments to curb investors buying real estate for speculative purposes. So in the state of California, specifically San Diego, there was a new segment that came out where they were trying to introduce some legislature that would tax short-term speculation on investment real estate at a rate of 25% on top of what they're already doing. Man, but why, what are they doing there in California? I don't know, but I think... I, it, where, where's their mind on this? I think they're probably trying to capture as much tax revenue because they have a mass exodus of the population, which that's... So effective. let's tax them more. So yeah, let's, be faster. let's tax everybody else that's left there to death and uh, and see who's left. I mean, I, I don't understand it either, but... I mean, California's going to become a place that you only go to a vacation. Yes. It's going to be like an it's going to be like going to Hawaii. Yes. I, I, I agree. I don't know what the answer is, and I'm not, I'm not smart enough to figure all the moving pieces out, but I know one thing. Investors that are improving communities, and let's hope they're doing that, buying and improving homes and, and putting them back on the market, let's hope that uh, they're not going to tax them to oblivion and that's not going to happen anymore. I mean, it would be pretty sad. I mean, it's really, it's really. I mean, there's people like you and, and eventually myself where we don't work you know, full-time, or the investments are our business. So you got to make a little bit of money on it because it is a business. I mean, it, you can't just make every property for low-income housing and, and, and run in every state and, state and city program that's out there. Although those are good programs, you need to take advantage of them. I did a great webinar on this just this uh, week, and I, I believe in it. But, I mean, there's a point. You got It's a business, and you got to make money. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a. This isn't a nonprofit business, and if you try to make it into that, there's going to be a really drastic swing the other way. So I think there's a there's hopefully going to be a middle ground here. But I think that's something to be mindful of when we're going through this uncertain environment with a lot of inflation and housing prices skyrocketing and general you know supply chain problems, uncertainty with the war uh, going on between Russia and Ukraine. There's just a lot of stuff going on. So be mindful, kind of look look at your backyard is the message here. And and be aware of what legislation is trying to be, you know, like what what the politicians are trying to introduce and what that really means in the big picture. What are they really trying to get you to do and why? Mm -hmm. So think about those things when you're planning ahead on what investments you're going to make. Yeah. You know, there's something I was thinking about today. I I, I mentioned before that I've been Helping out a traditional client recently is a, is a is a good referral, and I'm just trying to help them out. But I'm also have probably been to 25 houses for them. Probably written now 15 offers for them, Ugh. and uh, and all been and all of our offers are like hundred hundred thousand dollar earnest deposits, no inspections, fifty thousand over asking, um, and Jeez. and you know twenty thousand dollar appraisal gap coverages that we're seeing. You know, so we're like going above and beyond and not getting deals. And like, sorry, you're not even close. And it in that, but in the same aspect, <laughs> you're gonna laugh at this. My mentality at some at some point here is, I'm paying 125 dollars for my truck up every every three days. Yeah, and and just you know, I do have a hybrid truck, so I get pretty decent gas mileage for a truck. Wow, you know what I mean? And I'm spending a ton of money, right? And I and I probably you know I have a lot of hours invested with this particular client. Great people, and nothing against them. I'm just talking in general. But now here I am, and like, you know, with my investment properties where I'm not, do I, you know, it's not like in real estate I can up my commission 
You know, it just doesn't happen no, that you, way. Yeah, you can't be like, hey, guys, guess what? I'm charging 15% you now. Know, it's, it's not, well, you know, it's like if I have an off-market property, I, you know, it depends on the situation and time. It's 3 to 5% depending on if it's my own exclusive lead, right? Mm-hmm. But like, do I say, hey, just so you know, I'm charging 5 or 6% commission right now to cover my costs because my costs are higher. No, because real estate agents only lose commissions and their commissions will go down even as everything goes up. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I don't. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just I don't know where the fairness of all, of all this is. <laughs> Carson just yawned in the microphone, so I think that's our uh... Carson. You want me to make some more money? Trust <laughs> me. If I make more money, your life is better. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's in that chair. He feels like a big dog. Yeah, he is. I don't. <laughs> he's our director now. So, uh, with that in mind, what do you think we should we get into today's go? Oh, Carson, you want to say what's back up? Okay. Right. Well, without any further ado. Let's get into today's golden nuggets. <laughs> Carson's favorite part of the show. All right, Carson, today's golden nugget. You want to hear it? What? All right, today's golden nugget is if you're buying a house and your intent is to either A, wholetail it, which, by the way, is buying a property so you actually close on it. Generally, you're going to clean it up and clean it out and put it back on the market and see what the market brings you. Or do a traditional retail flip. So, you know, HGTV style, you buy it, make it pretty, and put it back on the market, sell it to a retail buyer. When you're trying to figure out what the best route is, a lot of times it's not really clear and you want to you want to figure out what the market is going to tell you. So the today's golden nugget is why not try it for two weeks? Find a realtor that is willing to list a property for you for two weeks. Put it on the market after you clean it up and clean it out. List it for what you think is going to be a fair margin to make versus doing the actual work to it and flipping it, and which is going to take, you know, let's say three to six months, depending on how, much, how extensive it is. Put it on the market for two weeks. If you don't get the price you want, pull it, do the work, list it, make your flip. I'm actually going to be doing that golden nugget on two properties yes! that I'm getting through wholesalers. I love it. One of them um, has a uh, has a bid out for a bulldoze order, so I'm gonna have to do a little bit of work on it. So I probably have to hold it just a hair longer. And the other one has a tenant that has to be evicted, um, that hasn't paid rent in two years. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a long time. And uh, but both those situations, I'm uh, I'm putting a five thousand dollars budget on to get it ready for a wholesale option. So so the the great thing about what you just said is it is and for a lot of people an unsolvable problem. So the problem with unsolvable problems is you get caught up in your own day-to-day and you can't see the forest through the trees. So if you're dealing with a property that, let's say you've had it for a while, okay? And I I'm, I have these, like I can think of several that I have. You have a property, you've had it for a while, you have a tenant maybe that you've had for a while, and it's like problem, 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 problem. Every day you wake up and there's like, God, what is going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And you don't want to deal with it anymore. And you just get to the end of your rope and you're like, you know what? I want to sell it. I don't care. I I don't care that I could probably solve this by doing X, Y, and Z. And so you just get to the end of your rope and you say, I'm out. And guess what? Enter somebody like you that says, I see your problem and I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. I know that going into it. I'm going into this with my eyes wide open. I'm going to solve that. And guess what? I'm going to make the money because of it. Yeah. And and me, if I own that problem, I'm going to say, I am totally fine with that. 
I don't want to deal with it anymore because I've been dealing with it for a long time. You're now. burned out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there, and, and this is a very common question that people have. They'll be like, why are you selling? Everybody mm. wants to know why like, are you selling, of right? Of course. Everyone. We walked in an apartment yes. building yesterday. And you asked that question. Yes. Why, why do they want to sell? Yeah. And they said, we can't, he can't make money on it. And we're like, why? And so those are, those are very common questions. And you always want to know why. And once you know why you have a problem that somebody's been dealing with for a long time. It's just like, it's something they just want to cut out and be done with. And you might go into that and say, I haven't been dealing with this for two years. I'm fine evicting a tenant that hasn't paid. Right. Well, like, I mean, come on two years. Yeah, I know. So that clearly is, is not just a tenant problem. That is an owner problem yeah. because they're not addressing the issue. They could have addressed that a long time ago and gotten them out of there. So, that, I mean, that's why I have kids. I, I plan on just bringing Carson in to be able to take over that. Exactly. I'm like, hey, dude, if you want this to be the Carson house, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to kick this tenant out. Yeah. You're going to have to clean it up. And you know what? Guess what? There's a toilet in, in this other unit, Carson. And there's been there's been homeless people living in that. And the, the poop is higher than the toilet seat. What the heck? You are going to have to <laughs> remove that toilet and clean that toilet out. And if you want a piece of this pie, you're going to have to do it. No, you're doing it. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> no, that was his. That was his. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, this is why we have kids. Don't you understand that, see? Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to show you the way to clean up poop. And then after you clean up the poop, guess what? You can have somebody else clean up the poop after you. <laughs> How will you do it? It's all it's a learning lesson, so How will you do it? Butterfingers. <laughs> Butterfingers. You're gonna I'll be butterfingers, you can be poop fingers. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh and I were super inspired by today's interview with Ryan Basie. There was so many little golden nuggets. Um he's gonna talk about Rich Dad Poor Dad. He's gonna talk about Dave Ramsey. Um, he's got a great some some great tips on property management, especially for people that are looking to still self manage. And he has fifty units. I mean, he's got some great systems and tips for people that maybe don't want to hire like a third party property management company and just scale it and do like blah blah blah. He's, I mean, he he is legitimately running a lifestyle business how he wants to, and and, and it's in his terms. So like you know, all the times people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to be. Ch- Fixing clogged toilets, right? Yeah. You know, I want to hire Car- Carson to be able to do it. But, what? Uh, <laughs> but in the same boat, he, he's got a plan of action, which I don't want to allude to, but he's got a plan of action on how to do that and self-manage and not get the phone calls at night, right? Yes. Systems and processes for a small business owner that's a real estate investor. I mean, it's just it, – there's – he has such good stuff, and his great tips. Uh, also, he this Oxford House program yes. that he's going to get into. I mean, that's where his focus is going forward. Um, great charities that he's doing. Uh, I think. I think you're going to be super blown away with him. I can't wait to look. I, I want to talk to him more after this. Like after you know, he was kind of like, okay, that's all I got. Mic drop, and then like bailed out of here, which is totally perfect. But I was blown away by a lot of the stuff that he said. I had no idea any – like, yeah, I learned I learned so much He's today. selling a 48 unit, so he had a dip yeah. out quick. But no kidding, this could have been a three-hour episode Yeah, today. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good, 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 good stuff. Top, top, top three podcasts. Yeah. So without any further ado, let's get into the show with Ryan Basie. Uh, a little bit about Ryan. He has been a real estate agent for 12 years. 
uh, been in the real estate industry for longer, which we'll dig a little bit into. Um, he has an amazing wife, uh, Allie. He has three wonderful children, uh, Josephine, eight, Luis, that's six, and Cecilia, that's four. Uh, he has a strong why in real estate, which I always appreciate. He says he enjoys extra income, net worth, networks, while making a city a better place. I mean, boom! Is, is he going for politics here? Or what? I know it does sound very uh, ap- appealing to all crowds. Um, very knowledgeable in real estate, he would say that he's probably an eight out of ten on uh, overall knowledge. I'd have to agree with that, just with my experience with him. Uh, currently, personally owns over fifty units uh, with a big focus on investment real estate, and uh, he in his. Over his time frame, he's invested in Denver, Vegas, Florida, other places. But right now, his main focus is Omaha. So without any further ado, let's bring in Ryan Basie. Welcome to the show. Great having you, man. Long time coming. We've been excited about this. Long time listener, first time visitor. <laughs> have, you, have you had transactions or done work with Ryan in the past? Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. 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 We, I just brought him on today. I, bring, I come bearing gifts. Really? I didn't know about <laughs> he this. He did. It's gift wrap. <laughs> I come every week and Ted hasn't given me anything yet. Well, he did give me boxers that we've heard about multiple times. I now. gave you a deal just this morning. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. Uh, yeah. No, Ryan. Uh, what uh, I think it was probably three months ago. Yeah, I brought a, uh, a Ralston duplex uh, that Brandon and I end up buying, and it's a great property. We've yeah, got talked about that before. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. And Love then, Ralston. And then uh, I mean, I, you and I have done transactions consistently over the five years. One thing I, I can say that um, you're one of my favorite people to do real estate with, just because the transparency, the no BS uh, absolutely that you have. Um, I know exactly what what I'm going to get when I work with you. And I hope that you uh, feel the same way, but um, I, I truly can truly say that you're one of my favorite agents in the in the city, <laughs> and I and that's a big deal because as a real estate agent, you want to have that connection and trust and just know know exactly what you're going to get, right? It is a relationship business, not just with clients, but with the other people in the industry, and some people don't get that. But the lo- the ones who are around the longest, you keep seeing them, and you want to have that relationship because you know you're going to see them again. Mm-hmm. If you know you're going to see somebody again, you should treat them like that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> that. What do you think uh, what do you think the things are that you maybe do a little bit differently than more traditional real estate agents say uh, that make you good to work with? And I would agree with Ted. I I I'm I just don't stress out about stuff. I don't. You don't I, seem very uh, wound, very tight. No, and that, <laughs> I feel and like that. It, it's it, and it was it was even lower key to like you know slow heartbeat before I had kids. But it's, I mean, it, it's gotten <laughs> it's it's actually ramped up. So now what you see is even worse. But uh, I also only work with investors, and mostly you know friends, family call. You got to do it. But investors know what they want. Here it's ABC. Okay, I found you ABC. Okay, let's go do it. They don't care about the paint color. They don't care about the size of the fridge. They don't care about the you know the bathroom <laughs> tiles pink. All right, show me the numbers. Show me the address. Let boom, boom, boom. And, mm-hmm. and half the transactions you don't they don't even come see them because they trust you. And if the numbers make sense, yeah, I have enough out of state investors that you know I'll, I'll walk them through it and I'll take a couple pictures for them what they want what I know they want to see and th- then they say yep. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. And it's a quick no or quick yes versus somebody that's on the fence or let me talk to my lender or let me, can I see, you know, have my mother-in-law, sister see it? Like maybe (laughs) in this market, you know, in a quick, in a good market, it's going to be gone. Like you got to, like, you know what you want? Go get it. 
and, and I'll help you. One thing that I always do at the, when we do our RIA meetings, where at least when the, the meetings don't go 45 minutes past, um, I, at the end, I always like to ask for uh, real estate agents that are in a room. And then I'm like, okay, if you're a real estate agent and you have investment properties, can you keep your hand up? Right. Because those are the people that you should be working with because they know what you need. They've they've had the, the good the bad they, they, yeah they've yeah. had the good the bad the ugly yeah. and so I yeah I was I was buying and selling real estate investment stuff before I was licensed mm-hmm. and that you know I was flipping houses doing my own work on it so when I walk through and say yeah that's a bad tile job I know because I've done it like that's the difference <laughs> you're you like know? that looks like my tile job oh, like, <laughs> 2003 like, that's yeah that's a 12 bush light tile job there. That's- <laughs> It's not good. Drew's Aruba going to have that conversation with him. Yeah. What was it? Six feet? What did he call it? Six, six feet investing? Yeah. Or six feet uh, LLC or something like that. Six feet construction LLC. He's like, looks great from six feet away. And then you walk up and you can see the see everything. He's 20 and he couldn't afford couldn't afford to get uh, get somebody hired. So he bought a duplex while he's in college in Kearney yeah. at 20. And, uh, and then he's like, yeah, I just kind of put those pieces of wood together. I didn't really have the tools. But, you know, that's not going to affect my rent. Oh man, that's great. So Ryan, when you were, you mentioned that you started flipping houses and did some investment real estate before you got your license. Right. What, um, how, how did you even start in real estate investing? What, what was it that made it something you wanted to pursue? So I was out in Denver, uh, 99 to 2005. Uh, and my best friend was out there and he is construction engineer and I was working for a bank in the mortgage world. I was a you know, VP of lending. You know, everybody's a VP at a bank, you know. <laughs> That's uh, true. <laughs> I, I, you know, I grew a bank out there and it was great. So I, I had that knowledge. He had that knowledge. Uh, we started um, playing cards with some uh, some guys that were into, you know, the uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. And we ended up playing Rich Dad Poor Dad game for some. For Cash people flip. out there listening, yeah, there's actually a board game you can play, uh, not just the book. And so we started doing that. And then they started a mortgage, you know, those guys started a mortgage company. We started buying houses, my best friend and I, buying houses and flipping them, um, using that strategy. You know, he was construction engineer. I do the finance stuff. And he was six foot five, so it worked out great. He could hold up the drywall on the top of the ceiling and I could <laughs> screw it in. And we just did it all ourselves. And that was the first dot com boom out there, 2002, 2003. That was, you know, Tom Brady's first Super Bowl, but way back when. <laughs> and we, we'd we be outside, you know, just tired from being out there all because we would go to our jobs, five o'clock, go home, change clothes, go work on a house till about 10. Then we'd go to old Chicago between our house and have dinner and drinks until later <laughs> and then get up and do it all over again. It's like, no wonder we didn't have any lives, but we, we were flipping houses out. I mean, we'd be sitting in the front yard, somebody with California plates would drive up and say, Oh, is this for sale? Yeah. Yeah. It's for sale. What color you want it? You know? And we'd tell them 20% higher than what we were going to sell for. And they would buy it. And it was just crazy. So we did that. Um, man, that sounds fun. <laughs> We'd be allowed to go back and do that, that, that was again. A, that was back in the heyday, man. Yeah, that was... And only if you had those properties now. Uh, oh, I so I two thousand five. Uh, my mom called and she's like, "It'd be nice if you were in Omaha." <laughs> <laughs> Just and how, I thought Owen was the only yeah, one that does the female voice. That's, that's exactly just, just how mom <laughs> just how mom does it. And I was like, okay. And and mom was you know dealing with cancer at the time, so it's like, okay, you know, I. I 
I'm single. I've got investments. Like, there's no reason I can't do this. Sold everything I had in Denver. Came here to Omaha with piles of cash in my pockets, living in my parents' basement. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> and it was the best thing I did because then the market crashed out in Denver mm-hmm. six months, year later. It's like karma is a, just a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So, and then the difference was in Denver, we were, we'd go to auctions in the driveways at houses and they were $200,000 and there'd be fist fights, fist fights in the driveway at an auction. Oh yeah. Oh, that's why you think I stand behind my buddy who's six, (laughs) five. And, and the other guys that were uh, with us, they were all Samoan brothers. There's three of those guys. It was like offensive line. Like you would never see me. (laughs) And so I'm just hanging out and they're just, you know, bidding like this. And, And then I move here and, I'm getting HUD houses for 30 grand. It's like unbelievable. So I was like, oh, well, that just, you know, quadrupled my investment portfolio. Great. Okay, we'll do that. And so I'm I'm buying all these investment properties, still living with my parents in the basement and eventually, you know, got out, but it was it that was time well spent and I'll I'll never forget it. So and it and it just worked out wonderful. And you made a probably a really strong connection with your mom, a stronger connection with your mom through that. Huh? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I, I, I would, I would regret not doing that. Yeah. Now you grew up in Omaha originally, and then uh, moved to the Denver area. Was that for school, or um, is that how you ended up there? Work. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm from Omaha, and then I went to school all over town. So grew up 25th and Chandler, which is south though. Went to school one year down in Kellum, which is downtown. Went to Druid Hill, which is north. McMillan, which is north. And then Central High School downtown. Then I went to college in Minnesota, just a small college because they gave me a bunch of money. And then uh, that job work took me out. Uh, this bank was expanding out to Denver. And they're like, hey, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll trade Minnesota for Denver all day and twice, you know, tomorrow. And so I, dro- I, I literally was packed and driving before I had my papers. Like, I'm, I'm gone. And were dr- were you like, there. do you have any uh, VP level jobs open? And they're like, as a matter of fact, we do. They're like, we just, like, we just opened up. Of course. Like, like, wait a minute. Whatever I'm, title this is you a want. teller position. <laughs> whatever title you want. Like, yeah, we're, we're brand new out here. It was great. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of the wild west of lending back in the day. So, because that was the and, and you know all those. No income, no asset, no doc the, loans. Oh, no, that was that was the nice thing about having the friends with the brokerage. Like, yeah, we could finance anything with a wink. Hey, I, I want to <laughs> ask you this. So, I got started right around the same time you did in '05, and I had read you know a bunch of books and you know did my two years of analysis paralysis uh, before I got started. Um, and then I started buying some things, and I was flipping. That's kind of how I originally got going, and then bought a rental, and then you know, flip one by rental. And then 2008 hit. Well, I remember 2007 hitting. And then I think it was, well, it was like Bear Stearns, uh, Goldman Sachs. JP Morgan. They they, they started kind of going under, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I was trying to figure out like, you know, in my, what, how old was I then? I don't know, 30, whatever. And I was trying to figure out what what was going on. How long is this going to last? Is this the bottom? And I'm reading everything I can, right? Financial markets related. And But I was like, okay, I'm not going to not buy. But I remember, do you remember at this time? So I think it was 2008, the first time homebuyer tax credit expired. They let that sunset. And that was a, basically a benefit to 
first time home buyers got it might have been was it eight thousand dollars or something like it that? Was it was. I bought my first uh, investment property with that pro- with that program. Yeah, so they had an eight thousand dollar ish tax credit for first time home buyers, which was a, a great deal um, if you're out in the market for one and. When that lapsed, they never renewed it, and the the financial market started cratering, and it was like chicken little. Everybody was like trying to figure out what was going on. Where's the bottom? And it's like trying to catch a falling knife. You know, you don't you don't really know where you're at. But I was like, well, I had four flips going on, at, and a full time job, and I think we had let's see, I don't know if we had Avery yet, but I mean, it was there was a lot going on, and I was like stressed and. I, I was worried about being able to sell them because those tax credits were expiring, and I was like, oh my god, what what is this? But I still kept buying. And then it kind of cratered a little bit. Everybody else is freaking out. Financial markets dried up. Lending was a lot harder to get. You couldn't just go to a bank. and Well, that was the Dodd-Frank. Yeah. Dodd-Frank Act. Um, so, yeah, it was just like financial chaos at the time. And it was a lot more difficult to get financing. And I think that's what people don't realize now. Because you hear people like, well, I can't wait till a market crashes. It's like, I don't mm. think you understand what that really means. <laughs> because... If you're positioned well and flush with cash, like it sounds like you were, then you can you can make some moves. Oh yeah. But if you're That's like, fun. oh, I'm just gonna wait, and we'll start out, and it's gonna be a lot easier, and there's gonna be deals everywhere, and it's like, okay, maybe, but you don't know it's a deal because the market's going like this, right? It's moving all over the place. So I don't know. How do you, I, I just, how do you I wanna, project it out? Yeah, exactly. And and it's, I mean, this. What do you think of this time in the market we're in right now? Curious your take on it because you've seen you've been through the trough. Yep, I've I've been through the the peaks and the valleys, which is to say I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> You're my brethren. I finally have somebody on here I can relate to. You guys are the same age. Uh, are we? You're 47. Mm-hmm. Not a boy. Boom. Look at this. Yeah, grandfathers unite. <laughs> grandfathers. I'm not a grandfather. <laughs> I don't think. I did meet somebody the other day that was my age, and they 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 were a grandfather. Ugh. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> God, sorry. <laughs> I went to my twenty-year high school reunion. Had grandparents. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, that's that's, that's eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, that I had that same experience. That was like, weird. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Congrats, I guess. <laughs> um, but you know what? When I look at my my age, I am now. My mom. Uh, yeah, she was young. she was very close to that. Cause my mom had me. She was sixteen, and uh, yeah, so kind of. Same. You can just delete that whole section out. <laughs> Fair enough. No, the 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 market. Yeah, we're we're gonna stabilize. That uh, which is good. That's actually good. So the nice thing about the Metro Omaha is we don't usually we don't take it in the shorts like the coasts do. Uh, if you remember back in 08, I mean people people were losing fifty percent of their values. I mean it was boom. It was they were crying. There are entire subdivisions of in process construction being built. That were just vacant. Yep, like the entire subdivision. Oh, yeah. we we had that here. We had, mm-hmm. I mean, we had builders commit suicide. Yeah, yeah. That was was that benchmark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really sad. It was sad, but it, it, it the only the the major thing that got affected here in Omaha Metro was new construction, mm-hmm. and that was for those people who just got out over their skis. They they had all much all this stuff had developed and five you know five model homes and this and that, and we've seen here that the builders have learned from that and they see this coming this time and you, you you'll notice there's less model homes there's less they're starting to sell off the model homes they're, they're preparing for it which is great now they're saying hey because of the 
lumber shortages and the you know supply shortages that we're we're taking orders on houses and we're not going to build them until we got a down payment and yeah you know, so they're not even building on projections they're building with orders so they're there it's not going to take it it's not going to be as bad here it's more like just-in-time inventory control with with homes they it will be there yeah i i remember i'm oh, sorry i didn't mean to interrupt uh i remember in and i say this a lot it's funny because i think you and i have a somewhat of a similar outlook on this maybe because of our uh the fact that our background goes back through the hills and valleys of this but i always say the coastal areas are like the canary in the coal mine it with the real estate market. And you'll see, I remember they were like everywhere in Florida. It's like everywhere's building mm-hmm. they, it, back in, you know, 2006, seven, they had these huge like condo projects that were in the works and that all these construction workers were kind of like migrating to Florida to, you know, work on all these construction projects. And then it was like the music stopped. Everybody's like, all right, I'm out. Nobody's paying me. So all these construction workers like, you know, exited Florida and it was like, what is going on? But you had Vegas, California, um, you know, like Seattle, um, and, and New York, Florida, all the coastal areas kind of were like the leading indicators on what was, what was actually happening. Yeah. That dot com boom. So I was out in Denver. We used to fly, we used to fly, we used to get a group of people and we'd fly to those because what they did was they had a lottery for those condos or those developments. And you, we would fly down to Fort, you know, Fort Myers, Florida, or Vegas, or whatever. And we'd fly about six, eight of us, and we get in the lottery. And usually, oh no, kidding! Yes, all the time. And when like two of us would would get would get a property, or you know, we were playing the odds, and two to eight of us would get a property, and we would flip that property before it was even built for a profit. Wow. Okay. So was this and right, we, right before? Pool. Yeah, this was right before the crash of oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. wow wow so it's like oh three yeah so we were flying from Denver and we'd spend the weekend in Vegas and we'd go to one of those we'd go to two three different lotteries for a construction thing we'd go to Florida yeah and we would get we'd get the lotteries we would get the tickets and how we did, we would have get- that flipped because they wouldn't even have it constructed for six months and we would remarket that. We was like, hey, we've got unit 401. Like, wow. How did you even know how to do that? Is that a thing now? I like, don't think it's a thing now, but it was it was a thing then. And you, and you, oh my god, that would have been so fun. And you could come so down, fun. you'd have a, you know, $5,000 to check, you know, just like we do, uh, certified funds. And we just, everybody would have one. Yeah. And we just, we pulled it. And so we, we would, uh, that's how we did it. Man, yeah, I've never heard that. I haven't either. Yeah. I didn't even know you could do that. No, it's completely new. Yeah, I love it. But they would only—you would only get one lottery per person per ID. So that's what we would take a group of you. Yeah, <laughs> and it flights out of Denver were so cheap out of Southwest or whatever, ninety bucks. Yeah. So back to current state of the market. I got asked this question by American Express Business Insider, and this was right when the pandemic was starting to like really come down. So I think it was maybe April or May of 2020, and I got asked what I thought the real estate market results were going to be if the if it actually played out like it looked like it was going to, where shutdowns and people not being to go to work, being able to go to work, and all that. And my where I'm going with this is my stance at the time did not age well. Like what I, what I told them, because I said, 
Well, I think there's probably going to be a lot of businesses that go under and there's going to be a lot of foreclosures that happen eventually as a result of this because people are going to lose jobs, businesses are shuttering, all this. So I kind of had a little bit of a chicken little um, answer to their their question about that. And that obviously we know now the real estate market has just gone nothing but like skyrocketed since then. So I feel kind of dumb for how I answered that, but I also feel like there's so many things that you can't plan for like government interventions that make artificial environments when if you let the market do what it should do, it would react much, much differently. And I'm curious what your thought on kind of that is in relation to how we, we are currently sitting with no inventory and, and, you know, going down the builder path, like we're talking about, they've kind of adjusted their, their stance on it. Absolutely. So you, your answer had merit at the time. You did. You didn't know the government was going to just start writing everybody checks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have. We both have tenants. They probably got tenant funds. Yep. We didn't know that. I mean, I I know when the pandemic was hitting. I I I have a good idea of who's who my tenants are and the ones who had jobs in the bar and restaurant industry. I I told them like, hey, it's coming. Apply for unemployment now. Be first in line. And they were thanking me a month later, like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. And and they were making more in unemployment with the bonuses than they were at their normal jobs. But that's all, you know, just tax money. <laughs> right. And, but all that propping up. Where did this inflation come from? All that's that a- <laughs> all that propping up came did come to an end. And 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 it and the answer what you have is will come true. It just took a little longer. Mm-hmm. So now, now fast forward to 2022, guess what? There's no more government intervention. There's no more propping up. There's no more bank, cheap bank loans. You know, I check the 90 day mortgage lates regularly and January, 2022, we're at a five year high. Interesting. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. So there will be more, more coming. And, and it's just, you know, it's a matter of how, how long can you stay afloat if you weren't, you know, if your income's 80% of what it was, even if you're working at home. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's always telling how far down the road you can actually kick the can before you have to, you know, pay for the things that should have been done early on. One thing I like about you, Ryan, is you're not afraid to be a contrarian in the in the face of what a lot of other real estate investors in, in particular do. So in the last few years, we've had a historic run-up in pricing, and there's a lot of people that just buy, 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 and refi the hell out of every property they can possibly get, suck as much equity as they can out of it, circa 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. This was happening a lot. Sure. They use, uh, you know, people have a tendency to use their home like an ATM. Do you think there's some similarities between where we're at right now? And why do you kind of fly in the face of conventional wisdom, quote unquote here with uh, how popular it is to get cash out refis and, you know, just keep the ball rolling. Uh, the, the cash out work refis work great for people that don't have cash. Um, I, I don't have that problem. So I, I agree. I, I, if you want to compare like books, we talk about, you know, books all the time. If you could combine Rich Dad Poor Dad with Dave Ramsey Money Management, like that—that's my philosophy. 
Got it. So you're kind of a hybrid between the two. Right. Like, oh, yeah, buy, you know, but I don't follow the Dave Ramsey buy with 80% down, blah, 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 blah. I, I, <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll keep buying, but I'm always going to be in a position where if I want to sell that house, I can sell it, and I'm not worried about it. Mm-hmm. And that is the back end of the Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's like why he's buying all these single-family houses because, well, if I need money, I know a single-family house I can sell quickly. In a commercial property, if it's a 48-unit complex, depends on the market. It absolutely depends on the market because your buyers are limited uh, who can purchase that. You're going to sell to an investor and not just an investor, but an investor that is qualified to be able to purchase an asset that size. Sure. But if we're in that crash of 05, mm-hmm. you know, 07, the, the market's down, the equities are down, they're losing money in the coasts. Like now, now who's your buyer? Yep. You might as well get comfortable because you're going to keep it. Yeah. It, it's so funny too, because I, I think back and I know this is weird that we're talking about how the, the days used to be back then, but we're, just, we're seeing some similarities. Yeah. Of it, course it, it's, it, it, it's, it always comes back. Yep. Yeah. There's a conversation about it. Yeah. And I, I remember not, and I had no experience in multifamily at the time. So I was just a single family guy, just kind of learning what I was, you know, learning the ropes and learning rehabbing and flipping and buying single family rentals, self-managing. That's how I started. And uh, I remember seeing all these multifamily properties on the on the market at the time. I mean, there were 100, 120, 130, and now there's like 30, and that includes Lincoln. Or less. Or less. You know, I don't – you may know better than me, but there's not any inventory out there, and it lasts, what, a week at best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, if it's priced anywhere well, a lot of th- close a lot, to real A lot of times, you know, those investment agents are, are pushing those around to their personal sphere. And after it's picked over, those that, then it goes up on the market mm-hmm. or Crexy, right? Yeah. It, well, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of institutional pur- purchasing power around here. So if you've noticed anything over a hundred units is corporate owned. It, yeah. I mean, it's it's either in real estate investment trust or one of the big boys. Yeah. What um, boys, now, boys and girls? Sorry. What I, I'm curious why you ended up getting your broker's license or not, excuse me, your, did you have a salesperson's license or brokers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have them all. Okay. How, um, so you, you were investing on your own, flipping houses, buying rentals, uh, jet setting to Vegas and, and Florida, buying lottery, uh, condo. Oh, oh the single days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wh- why, uh, why get your real estate license? So I, I'm back. I, I moved back here to Omaha and I start, uh, you know, I'm just hanging out buying rentals and like, Oh, I'll start, you know, I'll go work for a, a bank. Cause that's why I knew. Uh, and I worked for Dundee bank, which is a small bank. In, oh, okay. in Omaha. I didn't know I that. Did, I didn't know that either. So I was one of their first employees, one of their first six employees. I, I literally, president, I literally walked in the door. It's like, who does their loans for you? Oh, well we have these two ladies that figure it out. I'm like, wrong answer. <laughs> Let me help you grow, you know. And so that's that's how we we developed that relationship. So I was there for a while and then I, I got into real estate full time. Explains a lot about you cuz cuz it really makes shows how well-rounded you are in in this. You, I mean, you understand banking way better than the average person, which is another benefit of the fact that you're an investor, another quality that you provide your clients. Yeah, ba- banking, investing, and that also helps us when you're reviewing tenant applications mm-hmm. like okay what well, you know it, take take the rent times 12 would i give them that loan all right if the answer is yes then you know we're we're underwriting a tenant application mm-hmm. so i i don't i don't have a property management i still do it all myself i have a system in place that makes it very easy and i don't want to 
piss off any of your property management people, no, no, but my, no. my system works so well that I, I don't need it. What's it, what's the online system that you Yeah, use can it? we can we dig into that a little bit? I think I think people would be pretty interested in hearing what that is that are self-managing. Okay, so when I when I was flipping houses, I you tend to find the contractors that work well for you. Right? Mm-hmm. Sure. You, yep. you know, you go through painters and gutters and and clean out guys a dime a dozen. But I found small companies, smaller companies, and Omaha's a big small town. It is. But I found my HVAC company who was a guy who was doing it at night. He worked for commercial and he was transitioning into owning his own company. I found a plumbing company, which was uh, somebody that was in my sister's wedding. I found uh, electricians. I found uh, handy handyman uh, through uh, helping, helping advise on it on a flip. Uh, he was doing a flip and doing some things right, some things wrong, and then ended up not doing any more, but he became my main handyman. What I do is on all my rentals. Now I've done so much business with the houses of flip. So I've done over 70 flips and most of those are, a lot of those are in Omaha with those companies. So I've done so much business with them. They know I pay my bills. I know how they operate. I put their phone numbers on a list on the fridge. My tenants don't call me. If they have a plumbing problem, they call the plumber. If they have an HVAC problem, they call the HVAC guy. If they have a handyman job, they call the handyman. And they, then you get the bill. I get the bill. And those companies are, are, are know me enough that they put the information on the bill. Uh, my best example is, hey, we found teddy bear flushed down the toilet. Right? Mm-hmm. That goes in the damage deposit file. If it's, hey, you had a rusted out pipe or joint, that goes in my maintenance file. Mm-hmm. It's very easy. So you're basically eliminating 90% of the calls that you're going to get. So yep. typically when you're doing when you're self-managing a property, your calls are going to be plumbing or HVAC related most of the time. Those are your two common ones. Correct. And then uh, various handyman, something broke and needs fixed, the shutter fell off, whatever. It's amazing the stuff that can happen. A teddy bear got flushed down the toilet, whatever. Yeah. I don't know how it got there. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't used baby wipes and flushed them. And then the whole thing is filled right. full of baby wipes. Midtown house. Yeah. Mystery. My, my last one was tampons. It was the whole entire main pipe. Oh, was right. full of tampons. Mice. You mean mice? <laughs> tampons. Yeah. The, no, the, that's what, that's what they call it, The plumbers. Oh, oh yeah, the, mice. So my plum, my plumbers <laughs> take pictures of them. Yeah. Just so it's on the invoice so that there's no question. And then if they want to dispute it, it's like, did you see this picture? Yeah. Do we, do you really want to go there? Right. <laughs> yeah. I okay, so and and not to interrupt you cuz I'm sure there's more, but I I love that and it took me a while, but I have kind of a similar setup with the ones I still self-manage and I I don't know, I probably have between 15 and 20 and most of them are single family, most of them are places that I've owned a long time, most of them are tenants I already know, but I do the same thing. I have the same heating and air guy, Phil. I love him. Like I've shopped him early on. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't getting ripped off and he proved himself over and over to me that he's trustworthy. I don't care if he charges a little bit more than other people, but he's a great dude. He I'm like call this guy, he'll coordinate with you, he'll send me the bill and it'll itemize exactly what it is. Here's what happened, here's what I did, here's what it costs. I do not care. I will write him a check. He knows I'm going to pay him within two days of getting the invoice, and he's happy. And I love that. And and same thing with uh, with plumbers. But 
that's a great system. Once contractors, good contractors know that you're you're trustworthy and you're going to pay them on time. Sure, you're not you're not a, a thirty sixty invoice person. Yeah, like yeah. The, like some of the property management companies. Exactly. Like, like oh, you're you're going to get a check within a week of sending me the invoice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So great. Uh, I mean, that's a great little tip for people that are self managing. Like, you can do those things that eliminate a lot of the pain in the butt stuff. You're not at a New Year's Eve party and get a call about a plumbing issue. Like, call my plumber. <laughs> I'm taking notes that's, on this right now. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And I and eventually you're going to get better pricing because of it. Yes. It'd be because you're you're a, now you become a valuable asset customer. Like my HVAC and my plumbing people, I help them buy their buildings that they're in. Mm-hmm. They got bigger. Love it. Because of me. Well, and I'm sure you've and, referred them, and uh, I've referred like them a hundred times. Yeah, same and, here. I love and, that. And so they've gotten bigger, and I know I get better pricing. I know I do, and that's great. And and I didn't even ask for it because I I know I'm confident in them, and I respect that they. But they know it. It's it comes to me. It's done. There's no, you know, haggling on the mm-hmm. bill. There's no waiting thirty days. There's no nothing. It's you know, we we have that relationship, and it's great. With your property, uh, with your property management, did you create that as a company? Is that a separate entity, or how, how how do you run that? Is it is that just um, a bottom line number, or did you create an LLC for your your own personal property management? Like do you pay from your rental LLC to Basie, um, you know, property Basie real management. estate is my yeah. company. No, okay. I, I I don't. Yeah, I, I don't spend enough time on it to. I can pay my girls to do that. I guess. Nice. Oh, we got to talk about this. <laughs> okay, so check this out. So, Ryan, explain what we were talking about before we got on air here with what you do with your children. And you have eight three, three girls. Yeah, three girls, eight, six, That's and why four. I don't have hair. <laughs> I feel you. I have two girls. So, <laughs> uh, tell okay, tell us about this. So, this is uh, and disclaimer here. Ryan is not a CPA. He's not a tax accountant, but he has learned I, a few tricks of the trade here over the years. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an attorney. I'm married one. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So when I was that's cheating. <laughs> short short story. Yeah. Well, it's not as easy as you might think. Uh, short story is when I was first starting out in real estate, I said, "Hey, I'm going to go full time. I'm you know no longer you know W two income job at the at the at the bank." She supported me, and you know, granted, when we came into the relationship, I had twelve rentals, and she had law school student loans. One took care of the other, not the other way around, uh, but. She was very supportive, so I'm very happy about that. And we've made it successful. So now she can uh, stay home with the girls, and it's been oh, that's awesome. It's, it's been a blessing. Yeah, yeah. So the girls, uh, they all work for me for my Basie Real Estate. Uh, they do uh, marketing, brochures, mailers, and they love it. They do because it's stickers. Mm-hmm. In, in in essence, you know, they're stick putting on ma- mailing labels uh, are stickers. Mailing uh, post putting on. Uh, postcards, putting on stamps, mailing, all that stuff. And they'll even send out stuff and they'll, you know, put the return address on whatever it is. They they do a lot of my mailing and they do my uh, laundry machines. So it's, it's great. This, this is exactly you what ta- I do with you, my. Yeah, this is exactly what I do with my kids. Except I, I was a moron, and I'm not doing what you're talking about with, which is actually so legitimately next, paying them. The so, next, the, so the next step is I have them on payroll because I. So I have I have a payroll company that does my taxes, and I have all my girls now. Now they're all now they're all able bodied enough to do according to the CPA that I talk to, and I'm not a CPA. Uh, that that I pay them, so I pay them all each year and I pay them under the amount that would be taxable 
uh, which is about $4,500. So I pay him less than that, you know, barely is name, whatever. <laughs> I, I pay him under that. And then when I pay them from that corporate entity, because they're minors, I sign their checks over to their college savings accounts. So it goes, it goes, I write out, I write out a check uh, from the real estate corporation and I set, I get it, that goes to them. I can endorse it as their parent, as a minor, and I endorse it over to their college savings account. So they're not paying taxes on the income and it goes into a not tax-free college savings account money. I, genius. I mean, that that's, I have never even heard of that strategy, so I uh, I I'm appreciate you taking notes here, Ted. Uh, no, I love that. So uh, they'll make double on that money. Yeah, I mean, so great. so you put it into a 529 plan, which is a college savings plan. There's different states. They have different um, – and I, it's been a while since I've looked into this. But uh, basically, you can set up a college savings account for your child. And if the funds inside that savings account are used for qualified education expenses, so it's tuition, books – um, other university costs. I don't know what all of them are, but you can distribute the money out of that similar to like a retirement account. Correct. You can distribute the money out of that and use it toward qualified education expenses tax-free. Correct. So it's similar to a Roth IRA almost uh, in that you're using quote unquote after tax dollars to fund the account. It grows. And then when you distribute it out, it's also tax-free. Yes. So I mean, we're not attorneys here. or we're, we're not that. And, and the other advantage there is it's it's being contributed in their name. Yeah. So I I as a parent I can contribute up to about five thousand per year depending on your tax bracket, but this doesn't count because it's being contributed in their name. God, this is so awesome. Great. I mean, so this not is... o- not only can you contribute the maximum, your kids your kids can contribute for doing their work into that fund as well. The, I I. Man, I am so excited to like get get this in play. Like, uh, thank you for sharing that. I've never heard anybody mention that before ever. It's our golden nugget of the show. Yeah, it is. They, well, I, I bring you a nugget, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so self manage fifty units. Yep. How do you, how do you do that? And I mean, we've talked about your systems so far with having maintenance mostly taken care of. How do you manage the like uh, unit turns and? leasing and showings and like kind of the pain in the butt stuff that it's pretty time consuming. Like what is your, uh, do you have any, any tips on that? Any processes? I don't don't do any of that either. Oh, (laughs) well now I'm really interested. So do you, do you use like an outside leasing agent? No, I, I still have a licensed agent. I have two that are like-minded individuals that like to come into my office. Uh, and I, I'll pay them a flat fee to, and, 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 Nice, nice. Do you want to give shout outs to those individuals? Nice, nice thing. Uh, Ryan Van Roy is one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, Kayla Newell is another one. Okay. Uh, it's nice. Uh, they're both Nebraska Realty, but I'll play. A, usually, what they'll do is set up an open house mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, for two hour window, they'll do all their marketing and advertising." You want to be careful with that because they got to be licensed um, to do property management for somebody that's not their own property. Yeah, that's a good tip. Yep. Yes, it just otherwise you get in trouble. So I do that and I pay them a flat fee for, for doing that. So they, they get a bunch of applications and, you know, they tell me what they think of people. And then I, I'm able to use my spidey sense of lending <laughs> and determine which ones have the debt to income ratio. Yeah. It, it, it's amazing. You know, if you have, uh, two, you know, two plus years of job time, two plus years of residency and, you know, a W2 job, like those are easy. It's the people that move jobs every six months and 
have a different place every year, you have to wonder. Mm-hmm. And, and and there's a reason you get a lower credit score because of that. There's a reason because uh, you're flighty. Would you say? Uh, but would you so say I so I process all those, and then I I send out the leases, and and we we have a checklist for them. We send it out, get it all signed, and and move on. But I of the fifty units I have, my turnover is probably three a year. Out of those fifty units, or any of those Section Eight? Nope. Have you ever worked in that field? No. So. Uh, one of my mentors has, uh, and they were they were one of the largest Section Eight people in Omaha up until a certain point of time. Yeah, who was that mentor? So, uh, the Jafari family, mm-hmm. uh, La- Doctor Laffy Jafari was the dad, and now the two sons are running the business. Uh, Maher and Madge. Uh, they had about 180 units North Omaha. Dad had been buying them for five, ten thousand. You know. Rich, essentially rich, rich dad, poor dad of, of Omaha at the time. And uh, we met in junior high, which was <coughs> in the eighties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cough, cough. <laughs> uh, but it was a long time ago, but you, we'd go out in the summers and, and work on houses, do the yards, do painting, do, do odd jobs, uh, that, and you kind of saw that you're like, wait, like, you know, dad's not working. He was driving up, you know, in a Mercedes, picking us up to, you know, do something. Is you fit, you kind of, you put it in the back of your head, and then you figured it out later. Mm-hmm. And that was your first introduction to investment real estate. Absolutely. Yeah, it was really impactful for you. Yeah, that that was uh, one of them. Uh, I had a next door neighbor who was uh, Melissa Jureski when uh, my parents' only house. <laughs> back in the day when people only had one house, you know, yeah. they, they lived in one house forever. Uh, but the first, our, our next door neighbors was uh, Melissa, Melissa Dresky and she owned the Century 21 agency down in Bellevue. And she was my next door neighbor. And they, I mean, it, her mouth opened, it was real estate. And uh, it was, it, I didn't understand at that point when I was younger, but then when I moved back here to Omaha, I reconnected with her and I mean, she she forgets more about real estate than most people know in this oh, industry. That's so cool. So mentorships really put, impacted your life. So and, and 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 those folks are accessible. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not accessible anymore. They both passed. But I look at that as saying, okay, if somebody's going to be in this industry and I'm going to see them again, it's in my best interest to help them know how to do things right. Because if they do it wrong, they're not going to be around. And I don't, you know, I'd rather keep doing business with people that are doing it right. Do you do uh, any mentorship on your side or have you? You know, I, I don't plan it. It's more spontaneous mentorship. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, and it can be like that too. It's kind of like, uh, you know, Owen and myself, uh, we, we, every week we're meeting somebody that might be a new investor and taking them out to lunch or having a drink with them and trying to coach them to get that first property. So it's, gets kind of that spontaneous short term mentorship. Yeah. I, it's interesting you say that because I, I've never really looked at uh, – and I was I was involved for uh, three years in the teammates mentoring program. and oh, my, like, my, my wife has been doing that for like eight years now. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I love it. And the kid that I had, I followed him to three different schools and uh, like we're still in touch and pr- really impactful program. Love that program. But I – and I always felt like I got more out of that than he probably did. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the and it just – it felt good and it made me feel good. You uh, might uh, think that, but it's probably not true. Maybe, but well, but the impact comes later. Yes, for them, for the kids, I would agree with that. And and it's more of they know that you are 
reliable and you're going to show up. And that means more than anything else in some cases. Right. But um, no, I, I wanted to touch on this because there's a difference between quote unquote mentorship where you're either like meeting somebody every week or ever on a regular schedule and you're doing something maybe it's paid, maybe it's not, but, and then there's more of the ad hoc stuff where people can come to you because you're approachable and you don't mind sharing knowledge and being, you know, abundance mentality and trying to help people along. There's that also, which I don't consider myself a mentor, but I guess if you want to classify it that way, you and I meet with a lot of newer, newer people and we're, and we're mentoring, uh, and even getting in front of a meetup group. I, I, I think that's a form of mentorship in some ways too. A- absolutely. So, Anytime po- you're sharing podcast, knowledge, this that's... podcast is a mentorship for people. And we've been told that my, my, the, the weirdest part for me is a lot of the people that ask me questions are older. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I want to get know out. why you're staring intently at me. But... I want to get out. <laughs> I want older than you, if you oh, can imagine. Oh, okay. If you can imagine somebody that like that, <laughs> there's our there's our one old joke. It gets they're old. like they're like how you know how what's my best way to exit? How do I do this? Um, you know what is Zillow? Like it, all kinds of questions. You know, they're eighty eighty year old people without a computer. It's like okay, mm-hmm. well let me let me bring you into. I mean, is, is this at the Mapo organization? Oh, it happens. Yes, yeah. I uh, there's uh, I talked to a ninety six year old lady has thirty rentals. 96. That's awesome. What? And she's paying for her grand, great-granddaughter's wedding, like in Florida. Like, yeah, man, man, we're cool. having a party. How cool is that? <laughs> it's like, because they're all Section 8 houses and she makes bank. Mm-hmm. And she does, doesn't care. But she has no idea how to get out. Otherwise, yeah, she would have yeah. probably 10 years ago <laughs> or more. And Ryan's like, yeah, how much you want for it all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, on the on we've the, had that conversation on that topic, Ryan. What's so? There's kind of when you get to a certain point, and you've been doing it for a certain number of years. You don't necessarily want to be like super growth oriented. You're more like a I don't know if I'm making an analogy here, but more like a dividend stock. If you're an investor that's been doing it a while, sure. As opposed to people that are like, oh, let's buy. What what kind of deals can we make and this and that. How would you describe your yourself in the scope of like newer investor that really wants to make deals happen all the time to I'm good or maybe I want to add a few more or like where where do you think you're at in your journey? I I add a few a year mm-hmm. uh, and that it changes on what I'm looking for. Uh that's that's always the goal. My goal personally so I don't have investors or partners or work with anybody else. It's all one one individual. Mm-hmm. I am my best and worst employee. <laughs> Other than your children. Some days I can't even get their shoes on. So, you know, you're not getting paid unless you get your shoes on. <laughs> what, that paycheck? <laughs> you see this 529 plan? This can go They're away. Like, I've never seen my paycheck. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> There's a box of quarters from the laundry. You, 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 never, show, you never show them the payroll? <laughs> I'm sure they have to review uh, it. <laughs> their attorney mom has a review. <laughs> She's like, I'm redlining this contract. <laughs> it's uh, void. Yeah, it evolves. It mm-hmm. evolves, and you know what you like, and you know what you don't like. Um, the market over the last couple of years has not been great. Not a lot of inventory, and I've taken a step back and saying, "Okay, I'm either gonna." I, I have people call, and they're like, "This is what I'm looking for." I'm like, well, it's not on the market, but I own one, and here's my. I don't really want to sell it. I don't really want to sell it. Price. Yes or no? I, I, 
and it happens. Not every time, but it happens. It's like, okay, well, then then I'll sell it. I don't care. I, I, I'm not emotionally tied to anything, I, you know, except the girls in my house. So I don't care. And we move on and we go find something else to do. I, I've transitioned. I've always tried to stay not not necessarily ahead of the game, but you know, make sure my make sure I'm making long term things. Work work your work your age backwards and say, okay, I want to be at a certain point by a certain age. Okay, if I get to a million dollars gross income a year, I'm not adding anymore. I'll just call that good. Mm-hmm. Make sure everything's paid off. You know, spend more time with my kids and family as, as I already do, but more. And that's fine. I can get there. Okay. How do I get there? And I've actually seen, um, after, you know, the, the single family house market's so bad that I'm buying commercial property and I'm buying because there's a need for transitional housing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this. Here's another gold, no, let's talk about it. gold nugget for your show. Transitional housing. So people on parole, halfway houses, um, any of those types of government funded, they get paid $150 per bed per day. More, You can put more than one bed in a, in a bedroom. Whoa. Yes. So I, I, I found this out because I had, I bought a property that had an Oxford house in it and Oxford is a national company. Okay. And they operate a little bit differently. So they are the only ones that I know of in most cities that are allowed to operate in residential areas. Okay. Because they, they had a lawsuit and took it to court. They changed the laws here in Nebraska 2020 that if you have this transitional housing, halfway housing, it has to be commercially zoned. Okay. So now you want to look for something that's commercially zoned. Now think, what's most vacant commercial? Offices. Mm-hmm. Now how easy it is to transfer offices to housing. Mm-hmm. And you can take those and you transfer it out. And you actually, I, I lease mine out to people who are licensed and run it. And I get about 50 to 100% above market rent for leasing those. Okay. Uh, holy crap. Well, first of all, <laughs> I didn't know any of this. Uh, second thing uh, my mind is just running to is like, do you have problems with neighbors? Are neighbors like... Uh, not, not in commercial. Oh. That's... Right, okay. So, in, so that's in the re- hook. In the, they had plenty of problems with residential. Sure. So there was lots of Oxford houses, residential, and people complained, and they were running these things out of their house. Now it's all commercial property. So like I have one that's next to an auto body shop. No problems. I have one next to a uh, uh, furniture mart. Guess what? Guess who works in the warehouse? Half the dang people that live there. It's great. Wow. What? So, uh, okay. So you have, how many of these do you have? Uh, two right now. Uh, buy, Are you still uh, looking? You're looking? Buying this- more, buying more. I always buy it. Yes. What's the waiting list right now for that? Like, do you know how many people are, are, are waiting for homes right now? Hundreds. So I just had, Hundreds. I just had an event with the uh, Omaha Housing Collaborative. Uh, we did a live event. 
uh, on our Facebook event, which if anybody wants to check it out, just just go on there and type in library events. By the way, Cha-ching. you looked like uh, you were on Law and Order SVU and the lighting <laughs> in that uh, Facebook Live video. I just <laughs> wanted to point that out. I was going to comment, but it was like Ba-boom. very serious and appreciative comments in there. And I looked at you and I'm like, oh my God, he either looks like he's a serial killer or. Yeah, so uh, that, that's my whiskey room. And uh, and I and uh, somebody made comments because all my all my whiskey's behind it. <laughs> but anyway, that's off topic. It's like you have a tattoo on your forehead. Yeah, you? so it's just the lighting system that's in there. Anyway, long story short, the uh, with this program, they have thousands of openings right now where they have people living couches, living in, in temporary housing. Yes, and it was kind of similar to the, what you're talking. It's not Oxford, but they work with over thirty programs. It's it's a, it's a program funded by a city. city. And they will pay if if it's a exchange uh, or a foreigner that comes in, they will pay you. Um, they'll, they'll help them with the rent. The refugees, refugees. Program. Thank mm-hmm. you. And they'll pay two hundred. They'll pay a two hundred dollar bonus up uh, every six, up front and every six months for the time. And then if it's somebody with a misdemeanor, they'll pay a thousand. If it's somebody with a felony, a, fe- a felon, they'll pay a, and whatever that might be, they'll pay up to two thousand dollars up front and two thousand dollars every six months on top of paying for the rent. Yep. There's. There, there's just there's such a need, and when I say like making my city better, these are part of the things that I'm finding that we can do. Uh, I, I over the last two over the over the pandemic, I I've seen what the need is for housing. Like I I don't get a lot of calls from my tenants, and I, some of the calls I got were, "Don't evict me, don't don't cancel uh, my rent, don't do this, don't do that." Like, hey, I got tra-. I I never got those calls, or I got. You know, I or if you've been a landlord long enough, you've heard stories and bad stories, and you learn, and that's why I started a nonprofit to to open up some of these some more doors to to provide housing for people that need it. So, Ryan, if I if I understood correctly, so you're saying that you could find a commercially zoned property, so something that maybe used to be a small office, yeah, GC, and then you could convert that into residential. So basically, an apartment, small apartment building, is that kind of the approach, or how? So you don't have to change the zoning, okay? But you can change the layout, and then you have to get a a permit for for. You need to get a a permit for residency, yeah, Mm -hmm. occupy occupancy permit. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. But usually, the the folks who are running those programs have the ins on those permits. Mm Um, I don't want to glaze over. You you mentioned uh, your charity. Yes. Can can you tell us a little bit about your charity and what you're doing? Okay. Uh, sure. The, so the charity I I started uh, after, during the pandemic was called On Deck Housing, uh, and we do how housing for love of baseball. Yeah, it's yeah. a baseball reference. Yes, a lot of. I'm baseball. a ba- I'm, I love baseball too. So. Lot, it, we're it's it, yes. not the Mets, but whatever. It's. Go socks. <laughs> just, just, just leave it on. You know, it, it'll be their year one of these years. So we'll just leave the video on us. <laughs> eventually, someday you, it will age well. Yes, yes, yes. If you want to uh, teach your kids how to be humble, teach them to be a Mets fan <laughs> or or a Viking football fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want them to cry, but <laughs> tears freeze in Minnesota. <laughs> Man, this just got rough. Awesome. Sorry, I had to, I had to endure that living out there for five years. Uh, it's just crazy. But no, my on deck housing is my charity. Uh, we provide housing. We started with one of my 
friends that I went to school with, his dad worked for Omaha Home for Boys for 40 years, forever, and retired, and now helps find, helps the folks who are graduating out of the foster program. And if you don't know anything about foster care, it's you turn 18 or you graduate high school, here's a box of your stuff, good luck. That is essentially what happens. No prep for the real world. Oh my gosh, hardly any. Hardly, hardly. And so what we do is, and and it's boys and girls. And what we do is we provide a, a, a property, house, apartment, something, for one year at a like half market rate or less um, just because they have, there has to be some responsibility like paying the rent. So you're building a credit doing your utilities in your name. So you're building that. So we do it for one year and that's it. There's no, it's a hand up, not a handout. Like mm-hmm, here's, mm-hmm. here's your spot. Does the charity own the property or the charity does, or owns does, the property? Oh, okay. That's the charity owns the property because I donate it to the charity. No, nope, yes. I, I get it. I get it. I just didn't know. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if the charity was uh, supplementing half the half the pay, or if it owned the property. Is what I was getting at. Real, so. real quick, I don't want to get in the weeds on this, but um, so you created a charitable organization that's a nonprofit. Yes, and you were able to achieve that um, tax exempt status yes. because of that. I know that's not the reason you did it, but you got that, and then you donated from your real estate business or your personal holding a property into that charity. Yes. And so then it became owned by the nonprofit and then any revenue or whatever generated inside that is basically a tax shelter, which I know you're not making any money on that. It doesn't (laughs) sound like, no, but, uh, okay. So that's cool. So Uh, that, that's a separate whole separate entity, but the, the, the goal is if we could do one house a year, that would be great. Uh, Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And how, when did you start this? It, it, we've only had it for two years. Two years, okay. Mm-hmm. So we have two properties. And how's that gone? Has it met expectations? Anything different, or that you planned for but didn't? I guess. What What are your thoughts? And by now, two years in, uh, there's a need, huge need. Did you say you wanted to donate a property? I think Ted did. <laughs> <laughs> Something about the studio we're in. I don't know. It's, it's all, the, a, all the profits will it, go. It's, to- <laughs> it's, it's a nice. It's a nice charity. You get a nice write off if you don't like to pay taxes. So we'll we'll get you a receipt and everything. It's great. <laughs> Owen, you need this. See, we're trying to get you out of paying taxes, Owen. I love it. Okay, I, I want to talk more about this because I, I. That's what we do. Really love what you're what you're saying. But but there's too many people in our world that are. How much money am I going to make? How fast? And this yes, and that. So yes. I'm established enough that if you follow the Dave Ramsey charts, I'm on, you know, step seven. Like, okay, b- build your wealth and start finding your charities. Man, that is so cool. Uh, so on deck housing. Yes. And is there is there any way, like how, can people help you with that at all? Like, is there a way to, is there anything you're looking for 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 that charity in particular that uh, maybe listeners or like you know us or whatever can help out with? It, it, I don't. I know that's kind of a nebulous question, but sure. A- a- anybody that wants to make a donation, it's 100 percent tax deductible. Contact your CPA uh, <laughs> or wife attorney or wife attorney. Yes, uh, uh, unless you want to. Yes, uh, but you can if you want to donate land, property. If you have a junk house, like I've had landlords call me about junk houses, um, and so we're, we're we've just started doing that. We're working through some of that, but they're they're you know somebody has a junk house, like 
I'm at least connected enough where it's like I can give them the 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 write off. They actually can write off the tax assessed value of the property. Ah. Uh for a piece of junk and then I can send it out to investors and somebody some investor will buy it and that money all just stays, stays within that charity. That charity. Mm-hmm. Cool. So to switch it up a little bit, you Sorry. Uh, to uh, <laughs> No, I, this you, was You don't awesome, like warm awesome, awesome, You don't like stuff. warm hearts, Ted? Yeah. I am <laughs> a warm heart. Ted's like, "Okay, enough of the fluff." But you said <laughs> back to business. You said something. You said you said these junk houses and it and it made me think of a question that we like to ask is um, do you have any crazy or weird investment stories? Like what was uh, it was that thing that you walked into that was like what? <laughs> I I've uh I've set. I've been in haunted houses. I've been in uh, DBHs, which I call dead body houses. Oh, tell us that. Oh one. my God! What? <laughs> you're. Please stop. <laughs> this is like our worst fear. We talk about yeah, this a lot. <laughs> tell us more. So one one of the house one of the first houses I bought back in Omaha. Uh, I walk. I walked in, and there's you know a enclosed porch. The front windows kicked in. It's like oh, figure you know it's a investment house. Somebody broke in or something like that. Open the door, and the subfloor is missing for the first 12 feet. I go, oh, that's different. <laughs> so I walk, I walk on, the, on the beams over, and I, I go through, and I see it's like brand new kitchen. Like, that's weird. Like, brand new kitchen, like $30,000 house. Yeah, it's a small two-bedroom, one-bath house with an unfinished basement and garage. Benson. Great deal. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> great deal and i go th- i go through you know i start start working backwards doing the numbers everything like that go out the and your best contact on any house is the Neighbor. neighbors go talk to the neighbors like oh it's like hey you know hey how, how's it going it's like oh i can't believe that you know this this the, you know the fire department was here that's what broke the window it's like oh really oh you know they have a fire like no they just didn't find him and all winter long and he seeped into the floor seeped seeped into oh. the floor and when they broke the window they said every house could oh that's why they had to cut out the floor ew <laughs> <laughs> have you ever found a dead body in a house though no i found some drug addicts yeah. and, and I've, I've, homeless people i've run about that too yeah Never, never in a house. No, I, I, I've, I've seen chalk outlines. Mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, when you know the police report, like, oh, like this part of the fence is broken because that's where the police shot him. Like I've seen those. I've been in different houses, but uh, yeah, working on it. I, uh, I remember you mentioned haunted, but I remember I was checking out a house for uh, the property management company. I, they wanted me to do some photos or something for him. It was like my first year in. And I went, I went <laughs> synthetic. Yeah. And I went into the house and it was in a good area too. And it was like, you know, Sunny Second and uh, you know, L Street area. And I'm I'm walking in the house and I'm I'm going through it and it's just I just had the most eerie feeling in this house and like I don't get that. And I, and it was a clean, nice house, you know what I mean? And then it was just I felt more and more intense in my chest as I'm going in the basement and going around. I'm like, why am I so creeped out in this place? Like some I just felt off and I was tingly. And so I did my job, got out of there. And I was like, thank goodness, I'm, I'm done. And uh, I was talking to them. I was like, here's the photos that I was like, and they're like, uh, thanks, thanks. Some of the girls didn't feel comfortable going there. 
I'm like, I'm like, well, why? I'm like, oh, the the guy uh, just uh, committed suicide in the basement. And I and I remember I was in that spot right there, and it just it was so un you know so uneasy, and just I felt this restless feeling. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that explains so much. No, it and it, it happens if a house is old enough, something's happened yeah. in the house. This, I've, I've this showed wasn't enough an old house, so I've showed enough houses where I mean, I I would just show a house and. And Benson, it was at night, literally like the day before Halloween, of course. <laughs> and we're going down the basement, you know, a young couple trying to buy a house in Benson. And there's a there's a basement that's like a living area and a bathroom and laundry. There's three doors. And it's like, okay, like I'm sure, you know, an old house, you figure one's a water meter, one's a gas meter. And like open the first door. It's like, oh, it's a water meter. It's like, yeah, it's usually that's, they just hide them behind there. Middle door, they open up. It's a rocking chair. It's rocking. It's oh, pitch, shut up. pitch black. No. Pitch black, dark. No, no. <laughs> and the, the wife just goes out the door. She's like, nope, we're done. Nope, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> it's out the front door. Got in the car. Dude, no. <laughs> she just got, she's like, gum done. So yeah, I've got, I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's stuff that happens. I, there, there's a. I think I, t- I don't know if I said this on an episode or not, but there was a house I lived in that was haunted, like um, Peony Park, Peony Park house. So I did talk about that. I don't know if it's yeah. on, I don't know if it's on air or off air, but I remember you saying that. Like literally uh, every morning, my mom said at four thirty or five in the morning, the the mom went down the hall or there was a presence. Dog would freak out every morning, and uh, so come to find out, and then my bedroom when I was a little kid, I lived in like fifth grade. The posters always moved in on this wall. Yeah. Well, this the the a little boy burned to death in my closet. The mom died in the in the hallway. And uh and it we and this is the house that like literally we had rats everywhere. The bottom it, it was hooked up to a septic tank still, nobody knew it. Like there's always four to five feet of raw sewage in the basement. And uh and it was in so it was just creepy as heck. So <laughs> Fast forward, I'm actually now showing this house. I'm like, gosh, I know this address. <laughs> it's like off 83rd and Western. And then, and uh, I'm like, yep, sure enough, it's it's this house. And I and these these girls, they loved it. They they wanted to live there. They've remodeled it. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way that this has a good foundation. There's always three to five feet of water in a, in, of sewage in the basement. Uh, you know, I I remember there was a fire, so the roof was always you know messed up. And sure enough, I was like, show them the roof and this. And I, and then they're still like in love with the house. And I even found spots where I could find leakage, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, this is going to sound really weird, but I, you know, you're my, my, my priority is making sure you guys get, right. get it right home. Right. I, I go, don't want you calling me in six months. Telling and, me. I, and I go, I don't know if you believe this or not. And I don't want to sound crazy, but this house is haunted. And I told them the story and they did look at me like I was a little nuts. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I go, I go, every time we ate dinner, the garage door would open. <laughs> yeah like in in the kitchen like this house is nutso and uh and it, it i finally convinced them when i found some foundation issues in the basement to walk away oh that was that was the deal killer <laughs> that was the deal <laughs> they're like writing up an escalation uh clause in there until you told them about the the foundation so yeah so that was always kind of um that was my my hot house story all right i i got one more cra- crazy one yes, for you tell. okay so I'm working with, remember when I said, hey, I used to work with the Samoan guys out in Denver. We're okay. And, and, and we used to play uh, flag football together. So it's three Samoan brothers. 
the, the O-line? Yeah, they're Samoan Mormons. What? Yes, because <laughs> most Samoans are Mormons because the, the island was inhabited by the Mormon church or whatever. Hmm. So they're, they're, mo- all, they're all I Mormons. I did not know that. Yeah, most Samoans are Mormons. The more you know. So there's three brothers. <laughs> the smallest one is like 250, 6'2". Small one. The other two are NFL lineman size. And we used to play flag football on Denver with my buddy who's also 6'5". And run the ball, which you don't play it doing flag football. Right, yeah. But when you have three guys that can block two people each, you do that. <laughs> and they just, they have, uh, you know, baseball mitts for hands. Yeah. And they just, <laughs> like that. So they have connection to Samoa, which is great. And I had them out here, and I have a client who, uh, who franchises all the Popeyes. Ended up having back-to-back meetings one thing led to another and he goes we need to get a Popeye's in Samoa Popeye's chicken is yeah this, yeah is this Greg Kutchel <laughs> and no and he's like yeah we used to have, you know and he's he's explaining he goes we used to have a KFC in, in Samoa I go oh you know what happened well, yeah that's about, that was where I was sure for first thing is you can't you can't own land in in Samoa unless you're Samoan Oh. Right. So wow. You, so you have to be... It's like that in most countries, You though. have to be in the blood. Uh-huh. And their dad is like the rich dad, poor dad of Samoa. Of course, you know, that's how we run into people. We have these similar things. And he's explaining, like, yeah, KFC didn't like their lease agreement. And, and you know, they we had a problem because they used to close their doors at, like, 3 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. I go, what? why do they close their doors at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? He goes, because they ran out of chicken. <laughs> what he goes because people walk in and get two buckets <laughs> oh wow okay because they're just <laughs> order more chicken yeah because they're small so i was like all right now we got to call the guys at fremont and get the costco chicken plant going <laughs> so we're we're working this three-pronged deal fremont chicken plant uh popeye's chicken franchise and samoa uh, island but then covid hit and now we're all screwed oh man so I'm 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 trying to explain to my wife with three kids that I got to take a week and go to Samoa to go scout sites. <laughs> <laughs> she is not having it, not having it at all. But this if, if you, I'm I'm gonna her, put this deal her, together. If you take her, that's a different story. Yes, and the other so you need like, a you need a lawyer to go with you to. She she has, she has HR law, so it's different. <laughs> but uh, uh, the other thing that happened was the big volcano in Baitonga. And it created a tsunami in the in the area, so it really effed up all the islands around there. So now, now this plan keeps getting pushed back. My master plan of seeing how the much chicken how much chicken I can because the th- then I'm then I'm helping the state of Nebraska because we got a whole chicken plant, <laughs> and then I got a, a, a Popeyes guy who, who's just gonna love me forever. I want to get you know one of those free Popeye cards for life. <laughs> Because because they're gonna must really love that food. They're gonna oh it's good. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna sell a boatload. A bo- I mean they're gonna have you know those those Chinese freighters that come here with car loads on them. They're gonna send it back to that. <laughs> it's gonna be all chicken. Oh my god! It's just gonna be great. So that's my that's my fun looking forward to story. I love it. And uh, I, I I can't wait. We're going off the rails today. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> 
So I, I think that you're going to have a good answer to this question, but what, what is like kind of like your long play or your generational wealth plan with, with you and your kids? You've mentioned your daughters many times. I can tell it's really close to heart, of course. Sure. But what, what is your plan? So I, I'm, I'm working backwards to that. I do like, I, I pace, you know, as much as we operate day to day, cause it's just a cluster sometimes of what we got to do. It's like, I mean, I, I think we talked two days ago. You're like, oh yeah, you're doing the show fr- Friday. I'm like, it's Wednesday. I can't think about that yet. Like <laughs> I'm day by day, brother. Day by, one day at a time. Get my pin. Thanks. <laughs> I'm working. Uh, but the, the, the master plan is to, to get all that rental property up and going, uh, to million dollars gross a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then just, just take time away. Stop, stop doing, stop working for other people. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I have a lot of investors that I, that I take pride in helping and, and I, I enjoy that aspect of it, but I'm just going to, I'll cut all that off. I'll, I'll supplement that to, to other people. That's fine. You just call me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll still be around. You're young. <laughs> I'll be in a wheelchair. It's fine. Uh, and, and you know, just take, just take more, take more time with, the, with the family. There's only six years between us, just so you know. <laughs> On paper, I, I know I look city young. miles. I know I look young. <laughs> on paper, on paper, yes. So, but it, I mean, like the goal is, you know, we're going to take uh, the girls to see every major league baseball park, and we've already started that that trip. And they have a big baseball in, in their room with uh, all the tickets from the ones we've been to. Uh, I actually just sent off letters to all the the women in sports they got a nice letter and picture from like kim ang mm-hmm. uh who's a miami marlins vp or general manager um so we've done some of that the rachel balkovic is from st roberts this is where my wife went to school so there's we, we have little connections and that just any time i can find mentors for my daughters mm-hmm. that's what i'm i'm into and it's great and so we're we'll we'll have that set aside We'll build the the charity up and see, you know, which which girls are interested in it, mm-hmm. if any. You never know because they they change every six months. I mean, you, <laughs> yes. you got, daughters like it's like oh, one day we want to wear dresses every day, and next day it's like, no, yeah, like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not looking forward to that day. <laughs> oh well, th- this is that's part of the planning for like all my traveling is I'm gonna have three daughters and a, and, a, and a wife. So once a month, I'm going to have to travel for a real estate adventure around the country, somewhere, don't care where, somewhere, <laughs> got to get out of the house. <laughs> I'm going to be in Vegas or Florida or something. You should come with us to BPCon this, later this year. Oh, there that's, go, October. That's why Samoa is on, on the board. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how far away do I got to be so I don't get that call? <laughs> well, it's funny. We're not we're not too far off because my uh, I, I promised my son that we go in front of every um, every f- football stadium in the country. Sure. And that we do a a for four or five years now we've been we do an NFL prediction video every yeah, week. I've seen it. And so he wants to do that. We did it in front of the Viking Stadium. So he's like, oh, beautiful. We, place. we gotta do this in front of every stadium. <laughs> so I was like, so we bought a camper. I'm like, yep, we're gonna make it happen. <laughs> yeah, that's they, so cool. Yeah, the girl the girls love baseball. We we went we we went to spring training last year, and it was like pan- Arizona or Florida. We we drove to Florida. Wow, with three yeah that's. Girls. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that actually in June. We're driving to Tampa, but we're gonna make stops like every day. Don't. We're gonna camp. We're gonna do a, <laughs> we're gonna do a camping stop every day. 
What, what every day? Well, we're going to do a stop every day. Like we're going to drive three, four hours, find a camping spot, put the camper, do another three, four hours. I drove 26 hours. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. I drove to Atlanta. I don't even like driving to Elkhorn. Saw, fr- saw a friend of mine. You know, we went to the, the Braves place and then we went down to spring training. But they loved it because it was, uh, because part of it was a pandemic. And we were the only three girls in the whole damn place. <laughs> so the, the, and we, we had good tickets because that's my, you know, when we're going to see a team, we, we get good tickets. But the, the players were like, these are the only girls. I mean, hell, ha- heck, they were the, the, some of the only kids there because it was just, it was just very weird. Mm-hmm. You had to space out all this stuff and wear masks in the stadium. They ended up with like a bag, a bag of balls and stuff like, Cool. From all yeah. these players, because they they were the only kids there, and they were cheering and they were into it, and we were you know pointing a player. I could po- I could point out all the players' names, and they'd be like, "Hey, Jeff McNeil. Hey, you know, Francisco Lindor. Blah blah blah." And they would just chuck. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. <laughs> and they had a wonderful time. Then they got the helmet with the Sunday, and they you know all we did the whole shebang, and now they're 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 sold. Spoiled. Yes, <laughs> oh, we will never. never be like that again. We will <laughs> never drive again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because we didn't want to fly because of the pandemic, but it, so we can do that. And, you know, we do two, one or two stadiums a year. We can knock out that bucket list and have that as our thing, mm-hmm. and I would enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. That's cool. Well, there's the next section we like to call Failing Forward. Great. <laughs> Uh, so in this section, we like to talk about a situation, a deal, a life event, something that didn't quite go according to plan. I know you've had a lot of success in your real estate career, but is there anything, whether it be dealing with contractors, a deal in particular that um, maybe didn't go swimmingly and you learned something from it? I, I, I do pretty well in the area. Uh, you know, we've, we've all fired contractors. Um I'm blessed to be in a position where I can choose clients or sellers. Um, there's there's people in town that are, for lack of better words, slumlords. And I will talk to them and I will go look at their properties and I say, I just can't put my name on that. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I won't. And I don't care if you pay me whatever. You can pay me in gold bars. I don't want my name on that. Mm-hmm. And that and that that has to come with the territory, and and I'm lucky to be in that position, especially with city regulations and everything. You you, you could be putting yourself in a, a bad position with the city, and you know, putting your name out there in a bad position. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, um. One of the ones I made. Let's see. The least amount of money on was I made twenty two thousand two hundred fifty dollars on a deal one time. Two thousand two hundred fifty dollars or twenty two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand two hundred fifty dollars. Okay. Right. Got it on a deal one time. Rolling, rolling, big money. <laughs> but I I bid on a HUD house and I got it. And I'm literally in there like still still flipping a lot of stuff myself, in there measuring, cutting, trimming, um, starting to bust some stuff out, knock on the door. Like, hey, you outbid us on this house. We we wanted it for our family member, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, that's your fault. Pay me. <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, and then we started talking and, and we, 
ends up there. They pay me five grand more than I paid for it. I net $2,250. Like, okay, I'll just, again, I'm not emotionally tied to it. Let's just move on to the next one. And so that's the, how we do it. This was, and, in, but, this was in Omaha. This was in Omaha. And, and those folks are, are friends of mine to this day. Okay. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, so you, how much out. did you pay for it? Oh, like $40,000. 40 grand. Man. That's back like, in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> so they paid, uh, they paid for this house. They paid for that whole amount. And you just said, hey, let's shake hands and be done. We, we shook hands. We went to the tile company. Then about two weeks later, they paid, they closed it. I had to pay, you know, my fees and stuff. And, you know, the cheapest house I ever bought was a, a Ryan Basie lead, which was a, my first renovation property. No way. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, $12,000 house. Oh. Where yeah. was that one? South O? 19th Street. Okay. 19th, 19th you, and L. You posted it on the RIA before I ran the RIA. Okay. You gave me a lead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, put about 88000 into that Dang. house. And it appraised for one fifty. I still have it to this day. Now it's Airbnb and out for about thirty three hundred a month. Yeah. So thank you. That was a that was a fun one. Yeah, was Aww. A fun one. <laughs> Look at this. And he's and he's like he's like I just want to help this person out. So I can I can actually speak for that. Yeah, it was con, con, uh Yeah, the, the the guy that owned it is a teacher at South High School. Okay, and his dad died. And, mm-hmm. It was haunted. No, no, I don't no. think so. Okay, well that's. Good. I've, I've lived in some haunted houses and b- bought some as well. It's like you you work late night and you got the radio on and all of a sudden it sounds differently. Yeah, I've, I've been there, but yeah, no, that was a uh, helped out a teacher and yeah, great. Move on. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, all good. <laughs> well, without any further ado, we're almost out of time. Let's get into the OT with Owen and Ted. All right, in this section, Ryan, we like to cover some questions that we ask every guest. So we've got some rapid-fire ones we're going to throw at you. Let's know what you got, all right? I'll try. I'm, I'm old and slow. Let's so. do this. All right, how were you able to change your mindset to get started in real estate investing originally? I, I've always had the mindset of, of just saying yes. So it, it, it didn't bother me. Like, okay, let's do that. And that was... Uh, the uh, Samoan trifecta that, yeah, that was originally out, that was out in Denver, and it was with my best friend. So I was like, "All right, let's." You know, we, I read the book. Like, okay, I got it. Let's do it. Your book should be called Power of Venus. No, no, no overanalyzation. <laughs> got I, it. It's like the way I look at stuff is I'm betting on myself. That's fu- it's funny that I I just had um, Owen actually called me up uh, for a one on one session yesterday. And he, he kind of implemented that same philosophy in my head. He's like, he's like you, need, you need to kind of embrace the power of yes. And so I said yes to two wholesale opportunities that I'm, I'm going to be moving forward using. And uh, two beers. And, and two. So that was nice for all of us. Yeah, it was nice. So Win, win, win. <laughs> and he picked up the tab. I mean, I'm not saying that was my goal, but it worked out well. I think it was a win-win. If you can make Ted's arms a little bit longer, <laughs> you've won the day. That's right. <laughs> What is the passion or hobbies that Ryan Basie has? Uh, it's it's kids and baseball. That's about it. Yeah. Uh, ki- kids take up a lot of time. Uh, I'm coaching seven year old so- girls soccer, and it, it's yeah. They don't care if you made a million dollars this year. No, they do, they do not. You <laughs> no. Nope. <laughs> I'm not pulling up my socks. I'm not wearing shin guards. I don't. Ca- I don't care. <laughs> I coached my. Uh, it's my, humbling. My ten uh, year old daughter's softball team last year, and it was yeah. I it's like 
I can relate a little bit. <laughs> um, what uh, do you, are you a podcast guy? Do you listen to any or many? Very few. Okay, just limited. Any any favorites or any that stick out that you throw out there to people to watch or listen to? Uh, anything real estate is how I, I essentially get drawn to. Okay. And it's always in the background. Somebody came in my office the other day and it's like, I had the baseball network on my laptop. I had the TV on CNBC and uh, I had my phone clicking, clicking through something, some podcast. I was like, how the heck do you even hear, hear all that? It's like, well, I got three kids. I'm used to listening. Yeah, to yeah. Three, three yeah, all the things. windows open. <laughs> yeah, all devices. Like, yeah, it's like one of one of them's gonna say something I need to know. <laughs> well, it sounds like you probably listen to the the Dave Ramsey show. I, I you, as, you go through. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big Dave Ramsey fan. I was even a Dave Ramsey agent at one point, but uh, uh, I I go through like spurts yes you know yes. it's like it's like you know what i need a little ramsey in my life right now <laughs> it, yeah because it's once you've it's repetitive you know yes, his answer. once you graduated through it enough times you you know what it's coming yeah mm-hmm. and and you're better off just teaching it so i i i have those at my i have my office i have a stack of those books and i give them out to people oh that's cool there was somebody put that book in my hand uh when i worked with rasher and uh um, blackman and uh was his last name and uh dave blackman he um uh, it was really impactful for me. It, it was it was a life changing thing. I read the book in a matter of over a weekend. And why did Why did he do that? Why did he think you needed that? Were you having a conversation and is, you were struggling? Or? He was one of those guys that just really got really in depth with you, mm-hmm. and uh, and really wanted to um, improve somebody. and And he he was impacted by it. It was life changing for him. And he had this philosophy of always handing the book off to somebody else. So I did the same thing. I handed the book off. Um, it's kind of like what we do at our RIA meetups. We always get, we always give a book away and we always have those people say, Hey, if it fin- when you finish it, if it's impactful, sign your name in a book and hand it to somebody else in this group. It's yeah. kind of like buying uh, somebody launch at Qdoba. That's a fellow Vikings fan. I mean, you was, just do that. That was random. <laughs> I, <laughs> he had that happen last week I, or this week. Yesterday I, I went to, uh, Qdoba. I need a quick lunch. I, and I like to talk to everybody, uh, guy in the line from me, he had a pair of Jordans on and you go, Hey man, nice shoes. And got and I was like, you know, I was just watching this thing about about uh, people let the shoes sit on the, on the uh, sit out too long because they never wear them, and then they just start deteriorating and the phone yeah. falls apart. And he's like, yeah, man, these have been great. And then he had a Viking hat on, so I got talking about Vikings. And, uh, and I was like, yep, yeah, took my kids to the first Viking game uh, last uh, this season. Da, da, da. And that was a conversation. And then he went and ordered his food, and then uh, he's walking out the door, and she's like, uh, she's like, yep, yeah, he just bought your bought your lunch for you. And uh, I'm walking there. I'm like, hey, thanks. And he's like, <laughs> just waving That's his hand cool. here. Yeah. It was, t- it was totally random. You know, the funny thing is, is I've done that probably about 20 times to, mm-hmm. for other people. I've never had that happen to me. Now, so, is it is it Qdoba or Quidoba? Well, it's whatever you want to call it. Is it Vlog or Vlog? It's a vlog, isn't it? <laughs> Dennis is, cr- Dennis is cringing over there. We have this conversation. This is an it's old Q- conversation. It's Qdoba because it used to be Qtaco. Oh, Okay. So not quit taco. In my Denver days, it used to be Z Taco. And now it's Q Doba. I did not know. That. I did not know that either. The more Man. you know. The more you know. Um, what is a book you would suggest to a new investor or an established investor getting over the hump? And a hump could be that first property or that first multifamily, because we know it's the same type of hump when you do the step on either, right? It's challenging. Sure. Is there a book that you would suggest to somebody? So as we've talked about, I I I merged the Rich Dad Poor Dad with the Dave Ramsey manage, Total Money Management. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another book in the Dave Ramsey Library called Start, and it essentially says 
get your ass off the seat and do something. Mm -hmm. Quit talking about it. Quit analyzing it. Quit thinking about it. Go do it now. And that's a probably a better book for a new investor mm -hmm. because they tend to always like looking for, oh, I want to make 100% rate of return on this deal. It's like, I'm going to overanalyze it, blah, blah, blah. I was like, great. Turn in your paperwork when it's already sold. Mm -hmm. Like you <laughs> get either 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 get going or don't. So I've never heard anybody, heard anybody suggest that or even heard of it. So I'll definitely look that one up. Start. Yeah, it, start. It's, it starts the title and it's like punch fear in the face. You know, it's I'm sure there's a bunch of books called Start, but mm -hmm. it's it's in the Dave Ramsey library if you look it up. Yeah. Um, how can our listeners support you? And I, we talked about this a little bit with the charity, but, uh, mm -hmm. are you looking for anything in your business right now? Any deals, any opportunities, any like types of people or investors, anything that, um, people could maybe help you with? Um, you know, I, if my wife's watching, I'm not buying anything more. Right. Uh, Wink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're always transitioning. We're always looking. Uh, the charity is the one I'm trying to get off the ground right now. So if anybody want to anybody wants to help with that on deck housing, on deck housing, and do you have a, a, is there a website or a Facebook page or anything like that? We're, we're not there yet. We have, you know, we had two properties and, and I literally manage it all myself. So, yep. it, it, you know, if they want to go to get a good home.com, they can contact me and get more information. Perfect. Is there any shout outs you'd like to give anybody out there? Somebody that's impacted your life, family, friends, uh, coworkers. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been a lot. Uh, I appreciate the, uh, the Jafari family. They, they kind of took me under their wings early on. Uh, that was great. Uh, my best friend Duke is wonderful. My girls support what I do, which is. Well, they have to, nice. they're on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say that. They don't know that. They don't know that. <laughs> but my, my wife was okay letting me transition into it full time and believe that I would do it and that's come back and i i wouldn't that's i wouldn't be in the situation to to be be doing what i'm doing without without that because you know if you're in real estate you want to marry somebody with benefits uh <laughs> medical dental my wife's a school teacher <laughs> it's full healthcare. Me, full, yeah she used to work for the state it was great it's like oh we'd go to, you know it's like oh i gotta go see the doctors like well go see the head of unmc i'm like <laughs> What kind of dental? What kind of plan do we have? Like, it's, it's, yeah. Now it's like I heard there's a doctor named Johnny does business out of an alley, and they're like, yeah. yes, that sounds good. Yeah, this, uh, the, my doctor's at the bus stop. Oh, great. <laughs> we mean we're gonna go Mexico for a trip. Thanks, I, thanks, I Obama. <laughs> now I know. You're it, like, hey, you're, <laughs> you just crash doctor conventions. And you're like, would you mind taking a look at this? <laughs> you you think that's contagious? <laughs> Would you suit oh your lab? Got a stable gun. So, so yeah, I, I, that's that's been big for me. Uh, you know, there's there's been real realtors along the way that have always been helpful, and the ones that are around are around for a reason because they 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 understand that the whole the whole thing. It, the ones that are just in it for, you know, you can smell them. They when they're just trying to sell a house for commission, especially on the investor side. Mm -hmm. They don't own any investments. They're like, oh yeah, this is a great deal. You could do, you know, you could flip this for 200,000. I'm like, at best it's 150. Like, what are you selling it? You know, mm -hmm. and then, and then and some of them will call themselves wholesalers and that's, that's fine. That's a whole other. <laughs> yeah. That, that animal's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. It's, it's going to break down. So, you know, get, get with people that know their, know their, know their field. Mm-hmm. Well, Ryan, I got to tell you, um, we've been talking about getting you on for a while. 
and uh, <laughs> it's hard. I know. And it, um, I mean, tell I, I can't get the words out. I want to try to say, but I'm definitely, um, it's not. I want to say impressed. I am. It's everything I expected and more. <laughs> and and I and this is uh, I I truly think this set the bar low and you won't be unex. I tr- I truly think this <laughs> won't be disappointed. This is definitely uh, content wise. This is probably one of the top three podcasts that we have done. Yeah, good. I'm so glad you shared all this stuff. Like I I was taking notes. I learned a lot of stuff myself. So yeah, good. we love it. The, 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 hey, you want to put my kids on the payroll too? You can do that. <laughs> you, de- you, you definitely didn't disappoint. I mean, uh, I went, we uh, definitely <laughs> are running a nonprofit here at Re Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Isn't that the truth, right? Um, but thank you so much. Um, you know, everything you said I I know is true because I know you and I see what you do and the person that you are and how you present yourself. So um, if you are looking for an, a great investment real estate agent that knows his stuff, Ryan is definitely one of the people that you should be reaching out to. Um, so thank you so much for that. And I look forward to doing continued business with you. Uh, but with, uh, with that, I just want to let you know, if you are checking the podcast out for the first time, uh, first off, thank you for that. We appreciate your support. Uh, but if you could get on your favorite platform, give us a review. Uh, if you are on Apple, please check out Apple and give us a five-star review on there. And if you really love us, give us a written review. Uh, just an example, uh, the Ron, the realtor, said Ted and Owen are funny enough and oh, funny enough and always bring good content. Is that the second time we've heard something like that? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Ted and Owen are funny enough and always bring good content. Thanks, guys. As the show gets better and bigger, the content becomes more helpful in each podcast. I am hooked and can't wait for the next one. Now, that's the first review we've had since February 8th. So, guys, if you're hearing us, write us a review. Yeah, come on, guys. Step Jeez. it up. Jeez. Get some reviews out there. You can even get a demos review. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> but with that, Owen, we see us out of here. On behalf of Rhea Radio and Ted Kosh, I'm Owen Dashner. You've been listening to Ryan, the Samoan Chicken Pipeline Developer, Basie. Sign